Three, two, one, ghost. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Three, Two, One, Ghost. I'm your scare BNB host oh, with a silent G. Don't worry, I didn't forget. I'm Kyle. It's good to it's good to have you all around as always. I'm joined uh, by my confidant, my pal, my co-host, or am I your co-host? It's a, it's it's an equal situation. Mm-hmm. We're it? each other's co-hosts. Yeah. I want to be better. I want to be better than the men in this film. <laughs> and I'm making that very clear that I respect you as an equal yeah, partner. It's like we're, we are equals. Very clear off the top here. Um, not that I, not that this, you know, this movie does not make me defensive whatsoever because I think it says a lot of really great things in an interesting way. We are talking about Zach Krager's um, 2022 film barbarian um this is now the most recent movie we've talked about beating uh would it be midsummer or ready or not did ready or not come out later that year it may have i don't remember so i want to say midsummer was earlier but whatever so yeah 2022 just last year look at us in the present i know look at us um I forgot that stupid saying. I don't know. It's like, that's why they call it the gift. Or no, it's a gift. That's why they... That's, I don't know. You're, you're on one tonight. Like, oh, God. Okay. Next. Scare B&B. I thought that was great. Um, sure. Welcome to, yeah. Welcome to 3, 2, on Ghost. <laughs> We're talking about the 2022 film Barbarian, um, our most recent movie we've talked about. But gosh, it probably came out just about a year ago from when we were recording this. Well, I guess a little bit later. I think it was late September, I think. Um, but gosh, mm. actually, no, early September. What am I kidding? I've got the Wikipedia right up here in front of me, September 9th. Um, now, did you see this movie in theaters? No. Look at This is now my memory working better than yours for the first time ever. I, you had already seen this movie and you were in San Diego and we watched it. So you got the pleasure of watching me watch it for the first time, which I think is like a very special thing about this movie, like watching someone else watch it. Do y'all have, and this is just a general ask to the audience. I don't know. I feel like everybody's got that friend that like loves watching movies they've already Mm -hmm. seen with you because they want to just like sit and just like watch your reaction. And you know what? I can be that. Oh sometimes. yeah. I'm I totally that. that person. I will rewatch a movie a thousand times to see different people's reactions. And this movie is definitely a very special, like first time watch. I'd even say the second watch is fun. Cause you kind of like look for things. And then this time being the third time I watched it, I was definitely watching the clock, but I have mostly good things to say about it. Um, but yeah, you, yeah, we, we watched it. this together. Then I was logged into your HBO Max for months and just rode that on and on as long as I could. Just Max, just Max. It was HBO Max at the time. Yeah. I like the idea of just adding Max back into things. It's a very, you know, early 90s it is. situation. Like, just add Max to it. It sounds dope as hell. You know, whether you had like the Max from Saved by the Bell, whether you had Mighty Max. I don't know if you ever played with Mighty Maxes, um, you know, or Polly Pockets. They both are in their same ecosphere. Love Polly Pocket. Um, I think they're both great. I love the concept. But 
Yeah, I was really, um, I had the privilege of watching this movie. I don't know. I was so I was at my brother's um, bachelor party mm-hmm. and I was there. It was in Palm Springs and I stayed a day late and got a hotel for myself. I'm that kind of person when I vacation. If I get like I even did this for my own bachelor party. I got a hotel room the night after like just for by just to be by myself and yeah. just decompress from social interactions. Um, it's I'm a very sociable person. It just I just need a lot of uh, recoup. Oh yeah, time. me too. I think we we both fit into the category of extroverted introverts, right? Yeah, like cheesy, and 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 of course, you know, as we're however many episodes into just blocks, two hour blocks of us just talking. Not to mention, not to mention the time, the time that we take to watch the movies as well. So I mean, you're you're looking at at least a what a four hour commitment each week of not hanging out with anybody in person. So I was in Palm Springs for an extra night. So yeah, this must have been early September. And one thing I remember, maybe it was one of my other brothers that was telling me about this. And and I think there was maybe some advertising around it where it was like, if you have the ability and the interest in watching this movie, don't look at any of the posters. Don't watch the trailer, just go in, just fresh, mm-hmm. and just see where the shit takes you. And I had that opportunity. I didn't, usually things just tend to get spoiled in some regards. Yeah. So it's like hard to really go in completely the fresh internet. to things like that. But I did know that at least like uh, Bill Skarsgård was in it. Um, and I know it was about uh, a woman getting an Airbnb. And then that was kind of it. See, I also, I think one random person that I talked to, it wasn't you, like I knew nothing about it, except for a woman goes to an Airbnb and there's already someone there. That was all I knew. I didn't know anyone who was in it. I didn't know Justin Long was in it. So when we watched it together, like when I saw Justin Long on screen, I was like, what a treat. Like. Always, Always a treat. treat when Justin Long shows up. Yeah, I, so it was it was it was a complete surprise for me, and um, yeah, this this movie was wildly successful. Like it, people people fucking love this movie. That seems to be the general consensus. I am one of them. I did like it. I'm not saying I don't love it. I have I have a few I have a few critiques and as always, but um I I do think this is a great movie. Do I think 93% on Rotten Tomatoes is a percentage that some of my favorite movies should have? Yeah, yeah, I fucking do. 93% is high. That is high praise. Um yeah. And a 71% audience score. I wrote down all this shit. And a seven, so a seven out of ten on IMDb. I don't know how IMDb is like making these ratings. I feel like it's always quite lower. Yeah, it's always like you know people will like you know rage review yeah. and like and review bomb stuff. So you can never really take any internet anything at first glance. And I think like what doesn't IMDb still think like The Dark Knight is like the best movie Probably. ever made like by their Probably. aggregator, which is some. I'm sorry, y'all. It's some bullshit. That movie has like not aged very well. That shit's just like a straight. I remember up... it very well, but I'm liking it when I watched it. I'll be honest. Mm, 
it's very i forget how conservative those movies are oh yeah that i feel like that's a that's a batman thing and a superman like maybe a dc thing maybe they're like the conservative superhero like uh whereas like your marvel's a little bit more hip and current i guess they do make like spider-man like poor and a lot yeah and that's why no one likes iron man because he's the rich asshole but um so ah yeah you know i I think uh see i would say 71 is pretty low for the audience score i was actually surprised by that um especially i i have not talked to anyone that has seen this movie and said like i didn't really care for it i think it it gets pretty pretty high praise and i don't know did you look up budget versus box office yeah it was pretty low budget yeah Yeah, basically made 10 times what it made you know four million budget made Mm -hmm. 45 worldwide that's impressive you know hey shit that's that's good for a horror movie but that's why that's why i i'm confident they're gonna make horror movies forever because you can make that shit for very cheap and it'll generally make a lot of money can be in one house with one actor two actors and there you go you can make a movie and make millions so good good for them um go ahead well i was gonna ask real quick do you have any interesting airbnb stories No, I've never had any bad or weird experiences at an Airbnb ever. Um, It's always been fine. But I will say I've now after staying in enough of them, fucking Airbnb. I would much rather be in a hotel. I want to do my own dishes. I don't want to make my bed. Like, I don't want to feel like an impolite guest. So in a hotel, I could just be a shitty person and feel fine about it. But in an Airbnb, I'm like sitting there like scrubbing my forks. Like, you know, like that's not a vacation. Um, so I, I'm i not into it anymore. I, I absolutely hear you. And just like, you know, it was, it was good and novel and worked for people for a minute until inevitably, you know, you know (laughs) it just becomes you know just corrupted and then you have yeah just this situation of just you know just paying however much to be in like a shitty space and it has Mm -hmm. you know often you know a list of like you know yeah rules you have to follow as well as chores you need to complete and like a very and then cleaning fees on top of that there have been places i looked at and i was like this is a decent price and it's like a $150 cleaning fee. I'm like, who the fuck is cleaning this place? Mr. Clean himself? Because like- But no, it's you. It's me. Yeah. And then someone else is coming to clean. Like, no, this is this is wild. Look, now you're going to have me talk about how much I pissed at Airbnb for the next hour. We don't need their sponsorship. They can get the hell out. No, they can, they can fuck off. How about yeah. that? Airbnb. Well, and then, uh, and then, of course, you know, if you want to get into whole, like, you know, it's place and, you know, the housing crisis and, you know, people's availability, you know, to find affordable housing, you mm-hmm. know, geez, it's a lot of properties are just yeah. bought up and just become Airbnbs and they can usually take a hit on that kind of shit. And it's, though, I hear that, like, finally, there's, it's kind of taken a turn and Airbnb shit isn't as profitable as it used to be, which makes sense that bubble would need to kind of kind of burst eventually but still it's like but then you're left with all of this 
livable housing space that it's just i don't know i remember yeah too, there's your horror movie well and it's just it's just so strange because i remember one time um i think actually this was in detroit um where barbarian takes place and we were at it was you know just some airbnb and it was an apartment in this apartment building that was like kind of like in the outskirts of the city but like it wasn't necessarily like i don't know like a bad part of town or anything but um you know we show up we have to meet some like random person who like lets us in you know into the building and then gives us a key into the room and then i notice like you know we go to open the room and there's um like an eviction notice like a notice to vacate from just like x and months of whatever of not oh my um, gosh paying and i remember the second day like we were in there and we just you know, and there was just like you know a pound on the door and i was like i don't want to answer it like and it was just such a strange situation and i was just like really um and just kind of just, just like i'm sure probably someone is i don't know doing whatever with that apartment and just like yeah probably just making whatever money it can back on airbnb uh costs whatever we were paying for it i can't remember but um and then just like what they get the eviction notice or they get evicted like i mean i'm just thinking like fuck if whoever's name's on that property like an eviction notice like that's or getting an eviction uh, sorry going yeah. through the process like that can ruin you i think or at least just if you're um, well unless you're wealthy so it's probably just wealthy people just not caring and who knows but so it just feels weird to just be a part of that commerce right so i don't know so it's those are my feelings. And also, you know, what was so great is I, I was telling you, I stayed an extra day in Palm Springs. Um, and we, uh, and I stayed at a hotel and you know, it felt really good yeah. walking out of that hotel and walking over to the movie theater. Of course, this was September. So I stopped by the spirit Halloween that was on the way good job. <laughs> and took a look. So I saw it was there and then I go and I got in and out on the way back. But yeah, just it, it felt very nice watching this movie and then having a hotel room to come back to. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Rather than like if I'd gone no an hidden Airbnb. basements. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's it's pretty funny. And I know, I guess it was only a few weeks ago, you know, talking about you know hotel horror in fourteen oh eight. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I have a I feel a safety in hotels that oh yeah, as spooky as hotels can be, famous awful things have happened in hotels but in movies and in real life but yeah i don't know it's just after seeing this movie it does nothing to um make me feel any better about (laughs) airbnbs yeah i the other thing about airbnbs that i think are just naturally creepy like let's say there's not someone already there in the airbnb there's still someone who has a key to that place always who lives there so who's to say at 3 a.m while you're sleeping this person isn't like you know what i'm just gonna enter enter my my house like i own this house you know i i just think about that creeps me out like when i'm in a hotel room i they can still get into the hotel room yes but you always have that extra lock that little like latch thing that makes me feel like that extra bit of safeness um, and maybe the Airbnb sometimes will have those too, but like, you know, people know how to get into their own houses. So that kind of, that always is a, a weird situation. I never even had comprehended that someone would be 
like already there, like that it would be double booked before having seen this movie. So that's kind of where our movie starts, where our lead character, Tess, um, rolls up, pouring rain, middle of the night, can't see any other houses on this block, um, which we'll see later on. But she goes to this house in this neighborhood that she booked on Airbnb. Um, We never find out who marcus is the person calling her i love that i i wrote a note of that because i was like it's such a good like way to distract you like who's marcus why does he keep calling is he gonna show up later like did he set this whole situation up like i was very like red flags when i saw marcus and she's like oh like stop um i thought he was gonna come back i've got a flimsy theory which i can which i can connect well i can i'll say now and kind of connect it later but it's just this movie has so many or not so many but it does present different versions of toxic masculinity and male buffoonery and shitheadedness and so i just kind of told myself in my head you know maybe maybe marcus is like the ex that just like won't fucking stop you know antagonizing or harassing her you know like maybe it's again i don't know i I think something like that it can be whatever i want because it doesn't explain yeah it it can it can be whatever you want i'm like he calls but i mean from our perspective as an audience marcus called twice back to back which i call everyone twice back to back if i'm calling them (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, they pro- their phone probably just wasn't near them or they didn't get it in time. So I'll call them back. So I'm like, you know what? Marcus might be a shitty ex. But at the same time, I feel for him because we've all been there where we call someone too much when we probably shouldn't. So, you know, I don't know anything about Marcus. I'm not going to I'm not going to give him I'm not going to give him low marks yeah, for, brief periods, for brief yeah. periods of time. I probably have been accused of being that desperate ex. It's OK. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We all, we all have. We all grow and learn, and I hope Marcus has too. If anything, like, you know, if you're not stopping doing it for the harassment aspect, stop doing it for your own self-respect. Right, exactly. Um, So she rolls up and finds out that I do like, you know, just some cute things like, you know, just like "Ah, trying to find the fucking email because I've done that before. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting uh, the one digit wrong on unlocking the lockbox, just a little cute things like that. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I've certainly done that before. They they did a good job, though, like in the dark that I noticed. So there's that like silver car that's parked next door in the dark. It looks like a like a normal car part so you don't feel that isolation of like all the houses being run down and there being no people around like I was like well like there's a neighbor like when I had first seen this movie that like that car was there and then the next morning when she's actually out there you can see that car is fucking busted in the front like it's not driving anywhere for the longest time so I I like that they kind of um that I don't know if it was intended but from a darkness perspective, I was like, oh, like there's neighbors. So I didn't even like think of that. But although I, she should have given probably a more like quick look around uh, than she did. Yeah, a little bit more of a scan. Especially they always dress up those Airbnb photos, right? To make it look. Yeah, like you're not seeing the neighbors. Yeah, you're, it's like a super duper close up of the house. Exactly. Yeah. 
so you know so she rolls up and realizes uh the keys aren't there and somebody's already in that fucking house knocks mm-hmm. on the door and then our uh fuck what's his name keith Bill Skarsgård. yeah oh keith in the movie keith both. in the movie either one yeah, he can be both we can switch back and forth yeah we will. so so bill answers the door this movie is and then this it just enters into a scene here well of course you know they they have the conversation looks like he booked it on like home away she booked it on airbnb mm-hmm. which i've never even heard of I think like verbos like the like extra wealthy one mm. version of it and then i think there's some other ones so maybe even more so where you could just rent mansions i don't know wow but double booked fun little incident right um i do like the shot of you know when it gives you the title of course that side shot of her like okay and she agrees to step inside mm, and you see the wall like her walking past like the threshold hold of the front of the door it's like oh, okay we is. we knew shit's gonna get really fucking bad the second she walks into there but i i, yeah. I do like um that nice little transition there and yeah um jesus i think i'm forgetting what i was gonna say but gosh i just feel like at this point in the movie it you could like just just make a couple tweaks you wouldn't even have to change any of the dialogue whatsoever and make the music just a little bit more like uplifting and yeah. you really have it's a romantic comedy yeah you absolutely yeah. have a romantic comedy yeah. in any other situation you have you know people have made trailers for that have they? like pretend trailers they exist yeah they're quite good there's also a, a trailer from like from justin long's perspective of the movie Oh, geez. So there's there's different trailers for this, but like they're not like made by the creator, like they're fan made, and they're all so good. We'll have to share them. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll find I'll find them I'll find them and and share them. I so because I have a lot a lot of like critiques on these characters, but I want to make it very clear that I love, 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 love the first act of this movie, which is actually 40 minutes of the movie. Um, So I want to make that very clear before I get into all my shit talking, because I actually think it's perfect. And I think it should have just been like, it could have been a perfect short film. And I know that that's how it was written um, originally, but um, I, I really think it's absolutely perfect. Like the way the suspense is built and all the things. Um, But I, I think you and I are going to disagree on many things about this first act. I just, I have a, a, I love a hunch. I do like, again, I do like that romantic comedy piece. I think that, oh, yeah. you know, especially when you have, you know, like a young, attractive woman. Um, I don't know where she's coming from, but she is coming to a larger metropolitan city, mm-hmm. having like a weird time of fourteen oh eight again. You know, like a weird, quirky kind of fun, like romantic comedy mm-hmm. kind of job. It's like, oh, I'm doing, you know, I'm a documentary documentarian researcher. Yeah, things on that jazz don't seem music. like real jobs. Yeah, and then it just oh, who knew? Just funny enough. Yeah. <laughs> was part of this and this and this and he'd be a yeah. great person to interview and it's so fun to fall in love under the strangest circumstances that you know we can all relate to because we've all gone in airbnbs or at least a lot of you know people have i don't know but um 
Yeah. Did you look up the ages of these two actors? No. Is there like a... Uh... I accidentally did because I looked at... Um, when they show his ID, when they show Keith's ID, it showed the birth date. Um, his birth year is 1988. And I was like, what? And so I looked up Bill Skarsgård and I was like, oh, at the time like of this... like I mean, now he would be what? He'd be 35? So he would be 30, like 33, probably when they were filming this. And then Georgina Campbell, who plays Tess, is 31. I thought both of these people were in their mid, late 20s. Like, I I really thought they were in their mid 20s. So already I was like, what is happening here? Like, this is, I don't know why that shocked me so, but I, I like, I don't know, just something about their characters like read like younger to me and they both look very young um, and very hot. Like they're both super attractive people. So I I was just, I was really thrown off by their ages because I was like, I just don't know. Um, I hate to break it to you. Um, I think it's because we're getting older. I think uh, that's what it is so too. everybody in their twenties, um, I'm like, you're a child. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you are a child. <laughs> Um, but I, okay. And I think what upset me more so is I, so I looked that up really early on in the movie. So then all of the things that happened made me feel even more upset because I was like, oh, I can forgive Tess for going in that house. If she is a little bit younger and a little bit like less careful, but like as a 31 year old woman, I would not, I would not have walked in that house. I would have driven either all the way home or into the city and slept in my fucking car. Like I'm not sleeping in that house with that man. I don't know who's six, four, by the way, like six, four, it's not mm. happening as hot. Yeah, as he is. I don't know if I would have just driven around like Detroit somewhere. Cause I mean, oh. even home, yeah. even go home. Honestly, like, honestly, back to the airport. Yeah. And be like, I'm just going to sleep in my car in the airport parking garage. That looked like it was her car, though. It didn't look like a rental. It looked pretty lived in. Then, geez, then if she was able to drive, well, I don't know. Who knows? We don't know how far I, she drove. I don't, I, do they ever say where she came, where she drove from? No, I don't think so. And yeah. then the challenge is that also, <laughs> now, now I will question some of her decision making only when yeah. she comes in. Well, there's a few times, but when she comes in and she calls one place, she only calls one hotel. And then he's like, oh, there's a convention and you're just going to take his word for it. Right. And that's where I'm just like, so, so it's clearly, at least in some ways, like setting, you know, setting it up that like this dude is, is a creep like, and he is, you know, like it can be both um, <laughs> just in a different way. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then also. Yeah, I mean, let's... Do you want to talk about Bill Skarsgård? Yeah, I want to know why you think he's a creep. Well, so like I was saying, you know, I think this movie and it's like, and I'm not saying that it's like taking like the, you know, deepest, most, you know, adventurous, bravest take on men, mm-hmm. especially men, you know, and their interactions with women right Mm -hmm. but i do think that each of the men in this movie i'm gonna throw in marcus with my made-up little 
mini half a backstory is that I, I do think it shows different degrees of male privilege and entitlement, even when it's like not necessarily being wielded for um, malicious intent, right? So like I think of, you know, mm-hmm. Marcus just being a pest, but again, I'm projecting a lot on Marcus. Poor Marcus. You are projecting <laughs> a lot on Marcus. We know nothing about him. Like he's not even a character in this movie. And you're just like, and, you know what? Fuck Marcus. <laughs> Fuck his family. <laughs> and you know, I don't even need Marcus to make my point. I've got enough. But you've got Bill Skarsgård, who, I mean, I don't know, has like said shit I've said a lot in the mm-hmm. past. Like ways that you, you know, like what? It's little ways. You know, it's like um the first his him just trying to kind of speak to it very clearly like this idea of you know so you first have this like weird this like weird shit that's like always like under this guise of like chivalry or like you know old timey like well you know he even says like well you know my if my mother taught me anything it's like uh, you know a young lady doesn't you know sleep on the couch and this mm-hmm. and this and this or I'm sorry, just how I was raised, you know, I I think like, there's like little things like that. I think also, there is that assuming nature that he knows he's an okay guy, he tells himself he's like an okay Mm -hmm. guy. And I'm sure he's not like, yeah, he's not like maliciously like he's not like Justin Mm -hmm. Long, or at least for what we're for what we're that's a completely different situation, completely next level kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But just this idea like i think even when she asks like can you pull up your phone reservation oh that's when he's at his shittiest that is his absolute shittiest thing that he does and says 100 percent. because he says here i i wrote it down just in case i'm some weirdo he says and i'm like yeah you are some weirdo yeah just in case you're some weirdo yeah like that that is the shittiest thing that he says like he he shouldn't have given her pushback it also that was one of the things that bothered me this watch because I was like, if you're going to go the route of like giving this character the like, oh, well, my mom taught me never to do this. And like, you know, who would I be if I didn't carry your bags and things like that? But like, he, it seems out of character for him to say that. And that's the first like real like reaction that he gives to her. So like it like. It's this like I'm I'm being questioned and like I know I'm a nice guy and I like I that's his I think that's his like peak shittiness right there. Yeah. And it's just and I think because it's kind of rolled in. It's like I think it was like, you know, oh half kind of chivalrous polite thing. And then she asks about this and then he's shitty about it. And then it's another weird like, oh, my mom raised me this and this kind of polite thing. You know, it's when he's bringing in, you know, he insists on trying to grab her bags, you know, and she says like, no, like, no, I got it. And then he tries to instead of just saying, I'm sorry, I should have asked if I could t- if I could grab your bags, it was this defense immediately. And and I think it's this, and I know it's, 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 I think it's really subtle. I just been thinking about this a lot. And I think with this movie, there are just little things like that, where I'm like, I think I'm intentionally just trying to, you know, be in this cute romantic comedy situation that this guy's found himself in. He's found mm-hmm. himself in that because he knows he's not a murderer. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know that she's in a fun romantic comedy situation yet because he could still murder her. <laughs> the stats 
general the, you know unfortunately back up that that would be kind of a, a likely situation <laughs> and yeah. and i think this how he's put upon about like having to check you know bring up his phone reservation being like haven't i you know he feels like he's done enough already no that's like right in the beginning he's done nothing at that point he literally just told her to come inside yeah like he only let her come inside and then she said she was going to use the bathroom and then she she says do you mind like pulling up that that reservation so it's like it's it's one of the first things that that happens like or that he like that he says in in a yeah in that like particular tone and then it feels so like out of character from there like okay what's interesting to me about this so i wrote down like all the things that um keith keith does and you know like uh boo on zach Krager. maybe i didn't search hard enough like let's keep in mind this is written by a man yep so let's let's keep that in mind i watched at least five interviews today to try to find what his like commentary is on these like three different men, you know, that we're kind of looking at Marcus excluded. Um, and he, he really doesn't say much. He, in one interview, he even says like, Oh, I wasn't trying to make some big, like, like social commentary. And I'm like, wow, really? Because it fucking feels that way. Like watching this film, like I, maybe I was giving him way more credit. Um, I actually had never, he'd never been on my radar before this because I'd never watched the whitest kids, you know, um, which is, I guess what he's most known for. Um, but so I wrote down some of the things. Okay. So you've got Keith insists on letting her take the bed because his mom would be so upset if he let a young lady sleep on the couch. And now knowing that she's 31, I'm like, okay, calm down with young lady. Um, (laughs) Again, if he, if he, like, again, the young lady thing, I think that's still very dismissive. And it, it, you know, like there's, there's your one. Okay. Then he insists on grabbing the bag. Um, He insists on making tea. So he makes the tea, even though she says she doesn't want the tea. Um, And then he makes that big speech before opening the wine um and and later on when things escalate he tells Tess that she's safe and that she needs to calm down so my two biggest triggering things here are the like just in case I'm some big weirdo and the you're safe you need to calm down I will tell you something right now whenever someone tells me that I need to calm down I fucking lose my shit. I go from a nine to a 12. Like don't ever, 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 ever tell anyone to calm down really. But like, I especially take it hard. So, okay, here's my thing. In this situation, and I'm speaking from my personal experience, I am not speaking for all women. I want to make that very clear. My husband and I talked about this extensively and he made it very clear that 95% of people not women, people in general, he says, would not agree with my feelings on this situation. First things first, you're not staying in the house. You're not staying in the house. You're not staying with this random guy, but we're already here. We're in the house. If he insists on letting me take the bed and be in a room that has a locked door, 
Absolutely. Let me have the bed. Take the couch. I don't care if your mom said to do it. I don't care if your heart said to do it. I don't care if Jiminy Cricket told you to do it. Like, I deserve the room because it is safer in my mind. Like, and again, husband said, you would want to be trapped in a locked room. And I'm like, absolutely. It's got a window. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's a way out. And you know what, if you're caught off guard in the middle of the night, like woken up by a man, like he's going to be able to overpower you. We should probably give a trigger warning for sexual assault, rape, harassment, all the things like this movie tackles. And it, it just gets more and more severe as we go on. But Keith is in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And I know that's like the male argument of like, like, well, if I'm super nice and chivalry is not okay, but then if I don't get her bag, it's not okay. Yes, carry my bag. Yes, give me the room. Don't make me tea. Like if you made it, I'm just not going to drink it. I appreciated his whole like, you know, speech about the wine and opening it. I'm still probably not going to drink it. I want my wits about me. I don't want to be intoxicated, whether it's poisoned or not. But like, in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Keith, fine. If we made it that far into the bedroom situation, I'll tell you right now, I would have slept with him. Honestly, they had a great connection. He's hot. Let's go for it. That's my, not my closing statement, but important to note. Okay. So, <laughs> I think also, um, even just shit that just just really off. Even when he goes, Tess, that's a pretty name. It's so off-putting. Yeah, it's all creepy. And then, so uh, this is the thing, though. This is this is the thing. You chose to be in this house with a man that you've never met. All of these things are going to happen. It in in my mind, I'm like you don't know this person at all. Like you, Kyle, may not have said those things or done those things, but she doesn't know the difference between you and Keith. Like, so you're in a situation where like all the things that Keith is doing are dumb, but they're not like, there's no danger there. Like that's, that's the important thing to note. Like even it like, to me, him letting me sleep in the bedroom and getting my bags are not red flags of like of danger, if that makes sense. I mean, I think already just being in that in being in that house, that's all the danger you need. Yeah, that's that's super dangerous. But I don't think he's doing any favors to just make himself less like a danger or of a threat. By doing the stupid chivalry thing, though? Well, it's just funny because it's like, I think that that was like his, he, like, yeah, no, I think he was attempting to make her feel comfortable. But yeah. it's, again, that's why, like, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm... But see, what I'm saying is that wouldn't make me feel more uncomfortable. Like, I would be just as neutrally uncomfortable whether or not he got my bags or offered me the room, if that makes sense. I think it's just such, you know... Again, I think it's just kind of very common things for men to lean on, you know, in these sorts of situations. Like, yeah. because ultimately the goal is like, you know, she's like, oh, God, I just want to survive the night. He's like, yeah. oh, damn, this is a great situation for me now. Because, yeah. and again, you know, just like how it just that pause of like not wanting to leave the room, you mm -hmm. know. And of course, we don't know what this relationship is to poor Marcus. So, you know what? Justice for Marcus. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're just having a fight. Like, we don't even know. Like, are they broken up? Are they together? We don't know. Right. And And like, I I did think that it was, uh, sorry, you go ahead. That's the thing, like for, with Keith and this whole situation, they even pointed out like in their conversation, like she says that if she was already in the Airbnb, like no fucking way I wouldn't have let you in. Like, any anyone wouldn't have but that doesn't make me think that Tess is any more smart because you're still in that house like I I feel for her because I understand how important the interview is and like I have done really stupid things like for my work life and so like I feel for her on that account but at the same time like you know what, girl, maybe you're going to have a night where you're up all night and you've got this interview in the morning, but at least you're not in the house with a complete stranger that, you know, you have no idea who this person is. Um, Maybe they're not even Keith. Maybe that's a completely different person. He murdered him already and now is just in this house. She saw the ID. That looks pretty close. I know. She did see the ID. Yeah, she did see the ID. I did. I, uh... (laughs) It's when she comes out of the bathroom or the shower or whatever, and he's got the wine ready and he's like giving that whole, like, I just made a note. I was like, man, that is a fine line between being flirty and being assuring that you're not going to murder them. Yeah. It's like he was, he was really juggling that both like really in the same sentence from word to word. Like I want to be cute. I'm not going to murder you. And I think, in what other context on a first date or a first meeting over a bottle of wine would that work when he's like oh don't worry i'm not gonna murder you has anyone brought that up on a first date but like that's the thing like that wouldn't happen if if you and then this is why people are attacked by people they trust or like you know that they are on dates with because it's not just some random person you ran into and they're like hey you want to come in and have a bottle of wine you're just like absolutely not why would i do that but if you're like if you go over to someone's house for the first time even if you've been on a couple dates you're running the risk that they could slip something in your drink absolutely like with or without the speech but you're gonna you're gonna trust them to pour you a drink because you've met this person before whereas with keith she's like i don't i don't know you i'm not gonna drink that wine and be like, I'm going you know to bed. I'm locking. Mean? I'm going and locking my door right now, and just going. Yeah, to bed like I would have just been like, I'm going to bed, like with sheets or no. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't. Need I was, to I was just... about to sleep in my car, so. <laughs> um. Did you, did you think for at any moment after the reveal that you know he is of interest for this documentary that she's applying for and you know he brings up and they get in the conversation about music and this and this Mm -hmm. and this from that point on did you think that okay he's not he's not did you feel like kind of disarmed in that moment did you feel like actually i felt okay there it was conflicting feelings because it seems like way too big of a coincidence that those two things would be aligned that he would be like the founder of whatever this thing is that she just happens to be talking on this rare documentary that nobody's seen like that actually made me think like was he stalking her was he like you know looking into her and finding information and finding a way to just make himself sound you know to like to disarm her a little bit like was this all an act but by the time 
like once she disarms herself and she's like like now acting like it's a first date and we're in complete romantic comedy mode that's where like I'm like wait no this is a trick you're trying to get the audience to let their guard down because when he does the duvet trick I straight up thought he was going to trap her with that duvet did you think that no yeah I think that at all I did not think that I was like I did not like this duvet situation and that was that that was a red flag I don't like that I can't see your face but, um, and I think at some other point where he was just like, you know, yeah, it's like, do I look like some kind of monster? And I'm like, bro. When does he say that? When cool. I, re- I remember him saying that. I feel like that's like a throwback to him being Pennywise. Um, yeah, right. Is that that's when they're talking on the oh, because she says she wouldn't have let him in. And he says, do I look like some kind of monster? And it's like, um, well, yeah. And I think that's and again, it just kind of underscores that like this you know yeah just the, the belligerent way in which men enter spaces and not consider you and know what i mean yeah like this is the thing do i think that that makes bill skarsgård a bad guy absolutely no. not i think that his character is perfectly dumb he is exactly the the type of like he is most i'd say like he's like most good guys i'm giving air quotes here like he's like most most good guys where they're like doing all the right things how come people are getting mad at me like that type of good guy where like they say stupid shit like young lady and you know tell you your name is pretty like things like that and you're you know like stuff like that where you're just like i don't i don't care to hear that young lady's bad but if he had said milady she she should have just started fucking running. Yes, absolutely. But like, and that's the thing. Like, he was just polite enough. Like, literally, like I would have, I would have been down to clown. Oh, because he's Pennywise. Um, <laughs> but okay. I like that one. Um, when it comes down to it, when you're comparing, because in my mind, this movie breaks breaks it into three different types of men or three different men that are varying levels of of men so you've got bill skarsgård which is just your like your stupid guy then you've got justin long who's a a rapist who thinks that he's a good guy so we'll we'll put it like that bluntly and then you've got um what's his name frank yeah frank who is a straight up serial rapist serial killer like monster just like complete like anyone would agree this person is complete trash even justin long who like is also trash like just they're on a spectrum of trash so would i put bill skarsgård on that spectrum of trash no i would not absolutely not well when you've got justin long and frank right then yeah yeah but and I'm not grading I, on a curve here. Like, but like, I do think it's important to include those behaviors from Bill Skarsgård because I think it just shows, like, I don't know. I think it shows multiple layers of like how I don't know. Again, just like that kind of those like toxic masculine traits really can 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 infect in in those spaces too. And even just his, you know, maybe you it's would a more call his traits toxic masculinity. I think of a whole nother, like Justin Long to me is, is toxically masculine. Like that's like, a, I feel like, like he says that fucking bitch, I think four times about that woman. 
uses um, a lot of unfortunate language. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and we'll talk about that, which I I think is great for his character because it really shows you who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, in my mind, like those are all things that can be corrected, and I've seen be corrected through male friends that I have. Like some some men are great. Yeah. Like. Here's Kyle pointed to himself, everyone, just for the record, because he thinks he's I'm, perfect. Um, I'm patting myself on the shoulders over here. Yes, absolutely. No, Hardly. but it's true. Like, there are some men, you literally just need to tell them once, don't call women young lady. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, I had no idea because I'm a man and I've just been charging through life thinking everything was all good. Like, it, and once they hear it, they don't do it again. But then you have men that are like, really, really I'm the bad guy because I called her young lady. Like, so we don't know what kind of guy Keith is. It seems like he's very like, I don't know. I feel like he's like from the Midwest and like his mom, like taught him like, well, this is how you treat a lady and you pull out her chair and, you know, like you hold the door and walk on the outside of her when you're on the sidewalk, like, you know, and so he's thinking like, my mom told me how to treat women. Like I, I know all the right things to do. So it there's this like, I feel like Keith is the type that like, if let's say him and Tess made it out of this situation, fine. And they started dating. She would have fixed him and made him just like a 10 out of 10. I absolutely believe that. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to put, <laughs> uh, we'll see. I'm, I'll put a pin in that. <laughs> but just to you know fast forward a little bit past i'm sorry the boring parts she goes to her job interview mm-hmm. it comes back yeah. i'm just like oh okay yeah have that scene fine cool yeah. and then- i do love that woman's reaction though where she's like you should not be staying there well you're a fucking filmmaker put me up in a spot yeah pay me to come to this interview like or tell me if there's I'm a convention going on out or of not. town yeah yeah yeah, she's like, I guess there's a convention going on. And then even she's mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe. I don't know. I'm yeah, like, she's like, too bad, how sad. Yeah. I know. Um, oh, also real quick, you know, hey, look, I, I've, I've been accused of talking in my sleep sometimes. Maybe not to the extent that Keith was, was, uh, oh my God, was having a bit of an episode, but there's no need for him to be a dick about it, you know, when she's like, wakes him up. I know, he's like, what the fuck? And he, yeah. she's like, I don't know, you're fucking screaming. What do you fucking want me to do? And my door was open, so I don't know. We just... Again, in Keith's defense, and maybe maybe this is just going to make Joel, my, my husband, sound like a terrible person. When he's woken up from his sleep, worst person you've ever met. The worst person you have ever met. You wouldn't even think he was the same person. Like... He literally tells my cat to fuck off. Like it, he's terrible when he's woken up. So I'm like, like you woke him up in the middle of the night. Like you don't, you don't know this girl. Like that, that would, that would throw my shit off too. Yeah, it's pretty fair. So <laughs> she comes back, right? Keith's not there, um, but there's no, she, you know, there's a note when she leaves. So she takes the key with her. She's able mm-hmm. to get back inside. And this is when, um, I don't know how they went that, I don't know how they went that long without, well, how they ran out of toilet paper that quickly, but I know was the role like already like at its end. I guess so. Yeah. 
So she, um, and I also know what that's like in an Airbnb, trying to look all over the fucking place, being like, really? <laughs> they should really just put it on the back of the toilet. I know. Like, it should always be on the back of the toilet. Always. And she goes into the basement for the first time. Mm. And also the kind of repeating thing with this door that closes on its own. That fucking door. Um, you know, and then, of course, well, I spoke to it a little bit, but, you know, that overnight she realized, you know, the door was open. Mm-hmm. You know, when she wakes up in the middle of the night, she thought it was Keith. Turns out it's oh, this yeah. monster who's roaming around the house very silently. Oh, so silently for how like goofy she is later in the movie. But yeah. um, the that was another interesting thing. So it what that I really like about that I really like about this like first act is they show every time she locks the door. They don't show her locking the door when she goes to bed, which is wild. I'm like Tess you've been locking the door the whole time and then you you don't lock it before bedtime she does she sure does the second time but um the the music cue that goes when she's walking to go like down the hallway and is exploring like or down I think down into the basement is really good yeah um, me too I made a note about that saying that, yeah you know, that kind of like you know ambient synth kind of stuff yeah, in horror movies is I love it see at first i was like thinking like uh, is that played out because i hear that like all the time now but i'm like oh it still sounds really good it still sounds so good like i think about it follows has a really good um really good music right mm. i forget the name of the person that did that it was like a like a one name moniker I, I don't even know there you go so she makes it back she goes down to this basement um sees that little rope sticking out yeah, of the wall absolutely not even just with that curiosity i'm like i wouldn't fall i don't know i wouldn't uh, fuck with any of it i i don't even understand the interview's done leave yeah go yeah. home <laughs> why yeah it's why the s- middle of the day why why are you staying there another night i'm assuming she paid for another night but it's like you're doesn't matter free because it was double booked like they're gonna refund you so she goes and um hmm. yeah i mean i mean i think if there are pretty clear things that would be clear indicators of this is a scary dungeon i don't want to be in it um gosh i think it, check, it checks all the boxes you've got your mm-hmm. your flickering fluorescent saw sort of light mm-hmm. um you have the the twin the ratty brown twin mattress oh. on the thing Ugh. and you have basically just like she lists them <laughs> um, you have you have a bed a camera and a bucket and those three things together nope nope never should no- be together never should never. be together that immediately you were like someone has been captured someone has been tortured someone has probably been raped like there all the bad things that could happen to you happen in a room with a bed a bucket and a camera and there's a bloody handprint on the wall which she doesn't even bring up like she does bring up later <laughs> like, it was like it was like an extra thing when she's like she lists all the you know those three things and he's like well let me go you know i'm just gonna go down she's like yeah but there was a bloody handprint you know like oh she does say it i yeah. don't remember her saying that oh goodness yeah she, okay she's right so this this is so funny in in my brain if i said that to i'm bringing up my husband a lot because we had we had a very thorough conversation and like i 
consider him a really great guy. Like he really has his shit together in how he treats women, how he views women, like all of these things, right? I asked him, I said, if I ran me as your wife, not some random woman that you just met, if I ran upstairs and I was like, we need to get the fuck out of here. There is a room down there that has a camera, a bed and a bucket. What would you think of that? And he's like, camera, a bed and a bucket. I'm like, yes. What kind of room would you think that is? And he's like, like someone's been captured there. I'm like, my female brain goes immediately to like a rape room like that the video it's the video camera for me so I said would you need to check it out would you need to see it or would you just take my word and get the fuck out he's like I would have to see it I was shocked I was so so shocked that he said that I'm like no you take my word for it and we fucking leave when Bill Skarsgård says like wait for me while I go check this out I'd be like, you can come with me now or I'm going to leave by myself. Those are your options. I'm not waiting for you. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not waiting for you. Yeah. There you go. I, I'm i good. Yeah, his reaction is that of a fool. Like straight to the police department is where you go. Yeah, which also is another pretty common thing is, well, you know, generally with, at least with Bill Skarsgård and Justin Long, um you know often people just meet their demises by just like not fucking listening to her oh yeah yeah when, and just Absolutely. believing her when she fucking says something down there is terrifying and that was even before yeah. she saw the staircase go all the way down yeah, she finds that she out when she goes back after everything. yeah and and so and that's why i'm like mm, that's that's when i finally go all right, I'm not I'm not with you when she goes down the staircase. I don't care. I'm not going. I know. And you know what? The other thing too, this was my other I had so many times where I was like, "Oh, this is it. This is when Keith is going to trap her." Because I thought it like he's called like, "Help me from down there." I'd be like, "This is a fucking trap. This is a trap. He's trying to get me down in that basement and he's going to chloroform me or whatever is going to happen." there is no power on this earth that would help. I'd be like, I'll go get help, Keith. Peace out. Like, <laughs> I, you're absolutely right. Like, hey, I, you can't go down those stairs. Even when mm-hmm. he finds her at the bottom, you know, he's like, ah, oh, someone's down here, you know? Yeah. And even when she's like, all right, let's go back this way. This is the exit. And he yeah. just immediately goes, nope, this way, this way. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, is it you just being a, just an idiot or... He said Are that's you... where he said that's where where she where it is or where she is where yeah, they are like, or I was thinking like even up until that point Whoever like is. is he trying to pull her into oh yes 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 whatever. absolutely that that is exactly what I thought too yeah, yeah he's trying to pull her deeper down into this hallway but then you find out pretty quick that you know what turns out he isn't that bad a guy yeah yeah but Keith got he... his head his head smashed in quite good I love always love a good skull smashing ah. <sighs> so good so good and he has such a good one too because he kind of has a big head so like it was like a perfect it was a perfect skull smashing um i i i felt bad for keith but at the same time bro should have believed her like that's your that's your price that you paid like should have just listened to this woman standing in front of you like it guaranteed it would have been a better situation from you for you, even if there wasn't a monster in the basement. Yeah. If you would have just believed her and left, y'all could have had lunch. 
gone to the police department, figured shit out, it would have been great. But no, he's dead. And that could be a romantic comedy situation still. It's like, wow, we made it meet each other under the strangest of circumstances. (laughs) And then it gets even stranger uh, with this sex dungeon (laughs) network. And so, you know what we did? We believed each other. We leaned on each other and we went straight to someone that would support us and help us. And we just left and it ended up being great. And now we have that fun story to ever just think about. Yeah. There's your romantic comedy. Yeah, exactly. And like that, that whole first act, that's a 10 out of 10 movie for me. Five, five booze for that first 40 minutes. Like Um, one thing I did skip over is when she does come back to the house she drives up and she is chased inside um, yes by a man that you know you you learn is uh is is homeless but living in the area Mm -hmm. over by the living over by the water Mm -hmm. tower and um you know like look i get it but again i no, i don't get it it's and just with him it's just dude could you um have thought to just say anything else or just word it any differently than hey little girl hey little girl uh-huh. come out that house hey little girl like yeah okay dude like can you just like not and running people sprinting at her like and i get like in the sense where it's like oh yeah okay because there's a monster in the house but you gotta lead with that Mm-hmm. lead with that mm-hmm. be like there's something in that house or even if you don't think that someone's gonna believe something say there's someone in that house like just you could even say he could lie he could fucking lie he could be like there's someone with a gun in that house like if he would have said that to me i would have paused like it, i wouldn't have had to hear anything else but honestly i think that character is the most poorly written because we go from being at a 10 sprinting at her being like little girl little girl come out that house to having a completely rational conversation where he's like well listen i told you not to go in there there's monsters in there and she's not even the worst thing and he's just very calm and lucid and chatting it up i'm like you you went from like being you're two different characters like he's he is two different characters and but like and again if you call an adult woman little girl, you are not going to be listened to, trusted. That person's going to keep walking and or running if you're running at them. Like I have been called little girl as an adult, as an actual little girl. Like, and it's fucking creepy. Like, unless you're actually a child and you're like oh, the little girl over there, that's fine. If you're a 14 year old girl walking down the street and someone hollers at you, little girl, creepy 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 don't do that if you're listening to this and you've called a grown woman a little girl stop it yeah i I hear that and again outside (laughs) regardless of the situation you have just a dude just all he needed to do was just (laughs) ma'am not be a creep but could have just said ma'am had to be a creep and then present just as dangerous as everything else Mm -hmm. um oh my gosh so you do have um yeah <laughs> bill skarsgård head getting smashed in mm-hmm. and then we cut over to los angeles california with a pretty interesting needle drop it's the the transition is so good because it you're like what the fuck just happened it's it's 
a nice bit of, of levity there. Um, switching over, and that's a fun song by yeah. by Donovan, the Ricky Tiki Tavi yeah. song. Um, I did a little bit of reading into what that song's about. I don't know. Yeah, I, what is it about? I, I don't. I don't remember ever reading the Jungle Book, but there's a mongoose called Ricky Tiki Tavi that's and Ricky Tiki because I guess like that Ricky Tiki Tiki. I guess is a sound that uh-huh. mongoose make mongooses make um would you like to hear some mongoose facts um yeah yeah you're you're prepared thank goodness three three, two one ghost um there's only (laughs) there's only a few but you know that whole idea that like you know like a mongoose can fight a snake and that you know they talk about that you know in the context of the song it's like you know they uh this family befriends this mongoose and then turn the mongoose you know kills the snakes for them and you know and then he starts talking about just more broader things the singer of the song not the mongoose Mm -hmm. he's not thinking human thoughts but we said well no he's a jungle book they talk probably i don't know but i digress um Oh yeah, mongoose facts. Where am I? Yeah, who, where are you who cares going about this? Yeah, who cares about the song? So yeah. mongoose. So it is. Do a, we know what the plural is? What the plural form of, of mongoose is? We'll run it up to the research team. Um, so there's the idea that, or a common misconception that a mongoose is not affected by, like, say, a bite from a cobra, like, or a poisonous, you know, oh. a snake bite. To which it is not true. Um, so now maybe the effects are a little maybe lighter, possibly. Mm-hmm. But really, um, the ability for a mongoose to take down a snake is really its ninja-like reflexes just moves, you know, like they're in the matrix or something. Does, does it just whatever you read say ninja-like reflexes for the mongoose yes whatever side i pulled up did say ninja-like reflexes as well as its ability to like stiffen its fur um making it harder for the the bite to like pierce like through and then into the skin oh that makes sense yeah i'm gonna leave all of this in it is it that's fine it is mongooses or mongoose both are right i prefer mongooses Mm, mongoose no i don't know yeah it's all they just think of geese so you've got (laughs) so you've you've got justin long um who's singing the song and it's a banger and i did want to say i just always appreciate uh parts and songs where the singer just starts talking yes me too love to talk along too like like give it just as much attitude as as they do uh it's so good i I mean what go ahead Oh, I was going to say whether or not it's, you know, Fred Schneider of the B-52s or whether, you know, you got Michael Stipe would do that plenty in R.E.M. And you know what? Fuck, Taylor Swift does it quite a bit herself. He does do it a lot. Yeah. Two, I would say generally winning results, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to just muse on that for a minute. I love that. I I was just going to say... um, maybe we've we've said this before um and earlier in in this in this episode as well justin long he's playing a character that is absolutely awful and he's still so amazing he's so good um but fun fact i have a fun fact Love it. um while i was listening to these interviews with zach Krager and he was saying his like choosing of who he like 
casted. So like Bill Skarsgård was the obvious one because it's like, he's creepy, but he's also attractive. So like people are going to know him as Pennywise. So he's already kind of menacing and you want to like throw the audience off. Right. But he actually said the character of AJ, he originally had thought of like, like a big buff, like frat type, like frat guy type, like a Chad kind of situation. And he was like, that was who I was initially looking for. But then he thought to himself, what if it actually was like a really like sweet seeming guy like that everybody loves? And he started, he said, he said, America's current Tom Hanks is what he was looking for. And I was like, nailed it, nailed it. Like, what a perfect pick. Like, because you see Justin Long and you're like, oh, he's wonderful. He's magical. Like, he could never do anything wrong. He does play an an asshole in the most charming way yeah. in everything he's in. And, the, and that's the thing. Like, it, he's a perfect pick for this situation because he's in a situation where he's immediately confronted with, you know, hey there's been an accusation against you and you're like, not Justin Long, like what? Like, you know, you're so like caught, like put off by that, but everything that he says in that conversation immediately tells me that he is guilty and is in the wrong. Like there's so many flags of things that he says, and it's not even as simple as like him saying that fucking bitch, which he says four times in the movie he refers to that that girl as a fucking bitch um and on that phone call not smart but um such a bad he, phone call yeah he the first thing he doesn't even address like the claims or the actress at all he immediately starts talking about how it's going to affect the show and how it's going to affect him like those are his first questions not what is she accusing like what is she saying like he he immediately goes into like full selfishness then um, you know, he doesn't even really emotionally react until the woman on the phone, which by the way, I think is his actual real life wife oh. says like, yeah, she's accusing you of, of rape. And then he pulls over like, because he's like, oh shit, this is serious. But still it's not out of guilt or feeling bad. It's out of, I'm fucked. Like that's his reaction. So I, I think they did such, he just did such a good job of like, still seeming like funny and cutesy and like you go back and forth of like what is going on with this character like it definitely makes you feel conflicted when um when he was when the character was originally still supposed to be that really buff frat dude do you know who the front runner was for that role mm, it was it zach efron zach efron yeah which i, I think th would have been great too yeah it's, it'd be it'd be different but i still think yeah. that even though he's probably 30 now and i would still think he looks too young i don't know yeah he also he looks older he looks more older recently i feel like he's aged a lot in the last like couple of years but like in a good way um but i i think if zach efron was playing that character especially because he has such a pretty like chiseled face like his eyes just like twinkle at you like i would i would go into it being like oh, this guy, before he even utters a word, I'd be like, this guy's a complete piece of shit. Like, obviously he's the the villain here. Whereas with Justin Long, like I'm like questioning my whole moral compass. Like, 
you know, knowing that this character is shitty, like before you even hear, you know, more details on what actually happened and transpired, like his reaction as Justin Long makes me think like, oh man, like poor Justin Long. And I think it's it's meant to do that because we all know people who seem like really great people and, you know, like there's yeah. plenty of guys out there that seem like really great guys. They're great sons. They're great brothers. They're great, you know, friends, but like they're literally doing shit like this all the time. And so people are like, no, no, like they're, they're a great guy. Like they would never, they would never do that. And it's like, no, these are, these are different types of relationships and different types of interactions that these people are having. And you can become a different person depending on the situation that you're in. Like one thing doesn't, one aspect of your life doesn't make you a good person because you're a good, you know, you're good to someone else. Yeah. Um, I.e. serial killers. I do think that they, when they called him to let him know about everything that was going on, I feel like I would have led with, there's been an accusation against you. It's there. It's an article is coming out tomorrow. Yes. Because, start with because, that. because that's what's spurring all of like the firing and all of that. Mm -hmm. Like you figure that out afterwards, but even then they kind of start with like a, up oh, that, eh, well, you're not on the show anymore. Cause yeah, also by they, the way, this, and then by those, and then, yeah, I don't know. And then they, they weren't like even going to tell him about it to him, which, you know, I mean, I think it's you maybe, you know, you can project a little bit of just like, you know, maybe, you know, dude with his ego. Things I was going to say, I think fed to him. I think that that was what I mean. I think it was written that way intentionally because they're like, OK, like this is this is a fragile, egotistical man. And we need to present the information to him in a certain order so that he doesn't immediately hang up the phone or, you know, not take it seriously. And I, I do think they they did that on purpose. Um, well, this uh, well, this fragile, egotistical man um, has some liquidating to do um, to, to he pay sure for. Does. He's not going to have some steady. He's not going to have any steady those legal bills. In. And he, if he's going to try and launch both of those, um, both mm -hmm. the defense and the offense. I love that his account, his accountant, like also or his wealth management person also drops him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to give you back your files. He's just like, great. What does that, what does that mean? Yeah, It's like, no, you're someone else is going to be your wealth management. You're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You won't need wealth management after this. <laughs> so it turns out he's got some properties that he rents out for Airbnbs out in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Guess, Guess where. where. Um, so he flies out and checks out this place. Um, mm -hmm. Does yeah, I think he stops at the place first and realizes that, you know, somebody's been there um, or squatting there before he goes and meets with his friend at the bar that night, right? Yes, he has a whole, like, a whole time there before he meets with his friend at the bar. So he has first... Throwing her shit around and, like, you know... Yeah. He's calling, yeah, he's calling the the um property management and being completely like rude to her mm. although it is kind of gross that they wouldn't clean it until someone new like rented it not a fan yeah. of that um and then what is interesting to me what i love is so he's having that conversation with his mom and this is before the bar so he has the conversation with his mom and this conversation with his mother is so representative of justin long's character 
and the shittiness of his father as well, because she says like, why don't you come visit us? You're only, you know, three hours away. And he's like, oh no, like I've got a bunch of things I have to take care of. And she's like, well, your father would really like to see you. And he says, dad wants to see me. Did he say that? So, okay. We're desperate for daddy's approval. That's an unhealthy father-son dynamic there. The mom takes it a step further and starts defending the dad and says, well, you know how your father is. Like, it, like basically saying it's okay for him not to show emotion. Like, that's who he is. And like, that right there, that is fucking toxic masculinity through parenting, which is the worst. Like, that makes... That can be one of the many things that can turn like young men into Justin Long. No, not Justin Long. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I just said that. Hopefully, hopefully everyone turns into Justin Long, into AJ's. Like, and I'm not saying that if you have a bad relationship with your father and he wasn't loving that you're going to turn into a rapist, but like it was very representative of, of, of also just women making excuses for men. Like she's literally in a relationship where she's making an excuse for her husband being a shitty, non-loving or like lack of emotion of a father. The other, the other thing that is not okay about that conversation is that you've got his mom making excuses for Mm -hmm. his dad being not, you know, not being emotionally available and, you know, maybe not showing affection to his son or verbalizing, you know, his feelings. Like that is a whole nother level of like these, these relationships where the woman is taking on like all of the emotional weight of being a parent and just letting this dad like coast. And it's just a very, it's just a very unhealthy dynamic. And it like, super super red flags and then it of course like switches right up and his phone rings and he's like oh I've got to take this call and it's his friend and this is where like you're like oh wow you're a real real piece of shit because he says what up f word and for the record everyone if we say f word we're not talking about the word fuck because we will use that word freely yeah so that is like he's just he's just in his own world where he doesn't care about anyone and then just, yeah, and then, you know, just admits to his friend, like, no, okay, I was a piece of shit. Who is the director and writer, by oh, the way. Oh, was it? Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, And then only to be followed by that, oh, that drunken voicemail that he leaves. It's so bad in oh. the multiple calls. And then he just starts going back and forth between I'm sorry, and then I'm angry, and then fuck you. Then I'm like, oh, just talk it out. I'm sorry. And just all of this, like just yeah. all up in his own feelings. And it's about him and how it's affecting him. Oh, it's all about him. He wants forgiveness. He wants her to tell him that it's okay. And, and she, he's totally right. Like it was consensual. Those are all the things he wants. He wants to hear to make himself feel better, not to make her feel better. Right. And yeah, fuck him, you know, but Hey, he's still got yeah. a house to sell. Um, I did think that yeah. seeing it for the first time, um, when he pulls out the, the, when he goes downstairs, finds the dungeon and then, of course, then cuts to, you know, him Googling, like, you know, how, you know, if basements count as like, you know, square footage. As square footage. And he's like going and just like taking the measuring tape there. and Which is hilarious. Only because the bit just keeps going and going and going, you know, and. Oh, he just keeps measuring. 
he's not even writing it down. Yeah. Like, how are you keeping track of how much you've, you've measured? But he, I think what's so interesting about that too, is like the reaction, the difference in reaction between when Tess finds that room and AJ finds that room, because when AJ finds the room, doesn't sense any hint of danger whatsoever, because he's not looking at it. He's looking at it as like room, it's a room with things in it. He's not even noting what the things are, what their connection to each other could mean. He's like, no, this is more square footage in the house. Everything's good. He is he is a man that is charging through life with no cares in the world. He's like the, um, I don't know. I just sometimes feel like the dudes where, uh, I don't know, did you ever see that thing going around where like random men were like asked, like if you could score a point off Serena Williams, you know, like could you could you do it could you score one point and like some alarming yeah. high number of men were like yeah i could do it even which just shows again just that was she there and then they had to try because that would have been really amazing no of course not because if they were ever actually put in a position where they actually had to like perform and do it uh, i'm sure cower. they would cower or the same thing um you know it's like a lot of men i remember a friend asked me this once like being like do you do you think you could fly a plane you know, if if the pilot something happened to the pilots, do you think you could confidently land a yeah. plane? And I was like, no, absolutely. I think I did have one clarifying question where I was like, do I have the do I have people on the ground walking me through it? And she goes, and she yeah. goes, sure. And and I go, mm, still no, <laughs> still no, <laughs> absolutely not, probably not. I don't. You were like, I think, no. I think probably an old no. man probably would have had that confidence, but mm, well, because there's a, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know anything about flying planes, but the same way, like driving a car, you could tell someone how to drive a car, but there's a feeling of control that you have over the vehicle and like how hard and slow you steer the wheel and how you press down on the gas. Like if I just say press on the gas pedal, there's a hundred different meanings to that, that it could be like, you know, so you can't just tell someone, but yeah, that, that is a total, total representation of, um, as men in general, um, one of the other things too, that we skip past that I think becomes really apparent and relevant later in the movie is when he is talking to his friend at the bar, he, you know, he says like, you know, it, it took, well, it did take like, yeah, we fucked. And like, it took some convincing. Um, and then he says that he's very persistent, which, you know, persistent is a word um and then moves into like but then she came around and like and she was totally into it so he's like creating this narrative and he does it later in the movie with Tess um where he like he makes up a whole story and like he's fully bought into it because he's like he can't comprehend being a bad person and so that that's also really interesting because it shows this like this psycho this like psychological flaw in someone who's done something wrong like very wrong and they they talk their way through it until they've really built a whole narrative of like why it's okay and why they're still a good person and what they did was okay and that you know other people weren't hurt like it's and there's I mean there's different different people are going to go about that or feel different ways about it but that's what this character is doing and I like 
I think they did a really good job of giving a lot of depth to AJ, like in that regard, like where he's, he has a lot of, um, just a lot of like nuance to him where he's like this, he's a, he's a very well thought out character. Yeah. I think, I think um, cause he does, yeah, he does it a couple times. I think, you know, at least off the top of my head, there's, you know, after he, you know, fucking shoots her, shoots Tess, right? Mm-hmm. And they go back to, and we'll, we'll be jumping around a little bit. Um, yeah. I, so going over when they're talking with um, the guy over there by the water tower, and even then he is mm-hmm. still being like, well, you know, I, you know, well, but I didn't, I didn't see you and this and this and this and this, and just trying to really deflate it and making sure like, you know, it wasn't cause he was an asshole, well, but then says, still tries to like make it about like, no, I'm going to make this right. I'm a good person. I'm going to make this right. And I'm like, mm, I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? Anymore? You're not and then though. also it's still about, yeah, regardless, he is still not even the hero of his own story, but he perceives himself as you know, the hero in any context that he just finds himself in a little bit or, or mm-hmm. like as the lead in his own situation. So it's even still, I mean, so you would think shooting her would be enough of an extreme example of him trying to like, you know, make it okay for himself, but then only to just push her, or throw her off a fucking water tower just minutes later. Um, and to still and, yeah, say, and he even you says, fell, you slipped. He says he's a good yeah he's when he's in the in that little cave area like in the water tower he says um like he's a good person who did a bad thing but then he like still even like circles back but yeah when he pushes her off he's like he's like i had to like you know like buying time and then all of a sudden it's like but but you fell like i i didn't push you and he he literally changes the story which is exactly what that motherfucker did with that girl when she needed some convincing like and he was persistent like he's literally just making up a story that makes him feel better about himself that makes him not the guilty party you know and is just this you know just this great guy that's being misunderstood i I think kind of interestingly to a lesser extent um you know the guy living by the water tower um even his last words were dismissive you know maybe not to her but well to them a little bit and then also to this monster you know by saying like oh you know i've been here for a decade she's never coming here and then she's never coming here immediately comes in rips off his arm starts beating him with it and i'm like which which it just shows like dude she was like she could have come in whenever she fucking wanted she just didn't fucking feel like yeah, it dude she just didn't have a yeah she didn't have a yeah. reason so don't yeah. pretend like you're fucking special and you're the one even so you know it's it's just kind of interesting to think about so like it's almost like they all they all die no, by their own hubris, yeah lack of this, trust like, i don't know all of it there's a lot of um there's a lot of little things in the movie that like this this third watch I noticed like when AJ when he even walks into the house and he sees the chair holding the door he's like what the fuck like what is this and just moves it I think for a minute maybe someone's down there he sleeps overnight before he even checks it yeah a woman would never would never you would see that chair there and be like, there's might be someone down there. I should probably check. Like, 
you wouldn't sleep overnight without checking. Like he, that's, that is like an arrogance and just a pompousness that like, you know, only, only a man can have really. Um, sorry, Kyle. No, I've, (laughs) I don't take it personally. I I stopped taking that personally long ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So when he says I'm a man, I'll fuck you up. He actually says I'm a man. I know this little, with his little flashlight and his knife. You know, or whatever. Yeah. Um yeah. when you know, of course he finds, you know, the woman down there. Do we um do we want to talk about the uh I guess the creature in this creature feature? Oh yeah. I think we need um, to um my real main thing is, you know, I mean I think like the makeup and the effects look great. Um my I guess my only gentle pushback would be, um, is that what happens when you make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy? Like, is there, is there like a bell curve where it's like, because I think of like that episode of 30 rock with Paul Rubens as the, that I forget what country he was the leader of, but it was just, you know, he was like, you know, they even assumed that he was, they, insinuate he was very inbred you know so he can like barely move he's he looks like he's 60 but he's actually like 13 years old you know but i'm thinking like is there is there like a bell curve where it just like starts to turn up or then you just get super strong and eight feet tall okay in a situation like that i have so so many thoughts about this and so many notes about this so okay let's wrap up aj aj gets trapped with yeah. Tess and gets a tit shoved in his mouth because he did not listen to this woman when she said drink from that bottle. You're going to drink from that bottle with the hair on it, uh, which is such a nice oh, I touch. Love, I know with the hairs and stuff. It's so good. Allegedly, oh, oh, so according great. to Justin Long in an interview, a scene that was shot, but then cut was um, when he is not taking the bottle or maybe when he's not taking the nipple later she yeah i think ultimately turns back to the nipple but um does a does it feeds him like a baby bird like takes like takes like a rat oh, and bites off the head no. and chews it and like tries to spit it into his mouth you know and i guess uh they were like oh, maybe that's God. going a little too far we'll just i, I know i would have loved it too i would have been into it i'm so, okay, so he gets he gets trapped with Tess. So then it like then the movie brings you into the 80s um or late 70s. Um and you you meet Frank. Now, this is where the inbreeding situation gets real weird for me. Okay. He buys a VHS. The earliest I looked this shit up. The earliest it could have been was 1975 because that is when VHS became a thing. And that's not even when people had it in their homes and all of Mm -hmm. those things. So we're in 2022. Let's even give the break. Let's give the movie an extra break and, or no, actually it would be worse. Take a year back. So you've got 22 years plus 25 years. That's 48 years. How many generations of women could have been trapped in this in this basement that are of age like not of age i'm sure he didn't care about that but are of an age that they could actually give birth okay you're looking at four tops i mean if yeah right? i guess so i you know didn't really so bother with the math you're you mean to tell me that royal dynasties 
were doing this shit inbreeding for centuries centuries maybe add in a cousin here or there to you know like thin out the bloodline a little bit and they couldn't get past four generations without creating a mutant monster i don't think so i that is unreal to me and uh, also another thing that totally ruins that whole story is the man that lives in the water tower says that woman has been in there for 40 years and that's all she knows So was she the first baby to be born down there? And she looks like that. That makes no sense. None of that makes sense. No, none of that makes sense to me. Um, That's where this third act slash, I shouldn't even say third act. The last 20 minutes, I like. Yeah, I I, I hear you. Um, I do. I mean, I don't know. I do like the design of the woman. I don't even like her design. I feel like I've seen her before. I don't know. I think of the, did you watch that terrible movie, um, Mama? Yeah, sorry. First, I thought you were talking about the movie where the, where the monster like raises the two little no. girls. I thought you were talking about the movie Ma with it, Octavia it, Spencer. No, that's, that's great too. One. We could talk about that one day. Uh, <laughs> um, so that that bothers me a little bit, but even still, like I don't I don't find her particularly scary. I find her to be gross and fun. Which, if that was the intention, then great. I do think she's gross and fun. Um, I don't know that you'd have yellow eyes from living underground your whole life. Like, she has made it outside, which we know, at least at night. Um, would your eyes be yellow? Probably not. Um, a couple um, interesting things about this. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I think it's a challenge when you use real life history is a backdrop for a horror film um i think yeah. sometimes it works i think in this case it 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 works um i mean in the sense where and by history i mean um you know in detroit in late 70s and into the 80s mm-hmm. um when black families were moving into the suburbs and causing an exodus of white folk that were in the suburbs um mm-hmm. and thus you know the attention you know to the suburbs um because it wasn't predominantly white anymore dwindled over x amount of years and then showing kind of after yeah. you know generation and gener- only a couple generations removed you see just the how dilapidated those neighborhoods are just how you know just that where is where become where the most impoverished neighborhoods became um Especially mm-hmm. when you see in the flashback with the 80s, just how it looks just like almost looks like, a, you know, not far off from like the like from the uh, the neighborhood Edward in Scissor Edward Hands. Scissorhands. That was it. I can't yeah. want to say Nightmare Before Christmas, but that's not it. It's literally all like all I could think about was was that it totally looks like Edward Scissorhands. Right. And just and then it shows it like, OK, so that. I guess if there's a neighborhood where someone could be kidnapping people left and right and keeping them in his sex dungeons and, you know, I, I guess, mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah, you're in a neighborhood that gets overlooked and continues to get overlooked more and more and more. So he was able to just keep up that ruse. Now, I think, um, and again, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's worked. It works well, or at least provides like maybe that extra little bit of like the how behind it or the why behind it. But I think like mm-hmm. maybe just comparing it to like a more like egregious example is, um, 
you remember what was it it was at the third conjuring movie the devil made me do it where mm-hmm. like it really takes like you know a really heartbreaking and tragic murder and like tries to be like ooh, but maybe it was ghosts maybe it was the devil it was spooky and i was like no i think yeah just it was um, murder yeah i was like did anyone ask like the you know, the victim's family like Oh, they just put out a they just put out a whole ass documentary about that. I saw it pop up on one of the streaming services. It's like, sorry, your whole your tragedy is now part of the Conjuring Extended Universe. So yeah, exactly. So just know that your tragedy exists in the same same breath as the Nun too. That's a prequel of a prequel to your. <laughs> so yes. it's so bad. Okay, so something I just thought about um, that makes me go a little bit easier on the on the inbreeding situation um not the concept like the the history of it the history of it is when he captures that woman when you see him like capturing the woman there's already someone screaming in the basement before he captures her so he may have been doing that before 19 probably so so that that gives you more more generations of uh of of the the inbreeding so yeah. you know take your better subtract a couple decades mm-hmm. i guess i um yeah. and I, I think the other part that was you know like i said it's kind of interesting to me like i said it doesn't it isn't necessarily super in depth but the all the uses and the plays off the word barbarian in this movie uh, yeah. um you know you have i think you're more just kind of modern understanding of barbarian which is just this term of like you know someone who is uncivilized someone who mm-hmm. you know is again just more just maybe like brutal more like that 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 you know propensity for you know maybe like violence or narrow thinking i don't know and then you have you know like a barbarian in the sense of like that you know you think of like a real like a violent male type you know character you Mm know um and you also have barbarian in the way that it was you know not too far from the first you know example i was giving but you know not only is it just like an uncivilized people but they even you know talked about like you know their their inability to speak and they would make fun of folks they refer to as barbarians by making fun of their speech patterns going mm-hmm. ba 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 bar 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 which is mm. what that woman like that's all she says that woman is that, does bah, bah, yeah bar 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 you know and then of course you know cute you know you know we're on barbary street you know where the house takes place mm-hmm. and then also it's not an exact anagram airbnb and barbarian but cl- yeah cl- cl- yeah it's close, close it's enough close. that it's yeah. part of the whole like you know i'm sure it's like oh hey actually you're right that is so cute let's put that in there but like i just like again you know just yeah. small cute little layers not necessarily that i'm not going to be writing yeah. you know the most in-depth you know peer-reviewed research paper necessarily on on this sort of situation but i mm-hmm. again i think i just appreciate just the cute dumb little details for this um yeah, I one of the things that I like I think is it interesting and I don't I don't want to I think it like go it flips back and forth between AJ fine like he's running from the mother and then he like makes it makes it into the room with Frank. So he finds Frank and then they cut back to Tess 
um, because she is, she's made it to the gas station. She calls the cops. They're completely useless. Um, and I won't spend too much time on that because I feel like it, it's one of those things where I'm like, did we, there's, there's a lot being said in this movie, which again, like gives me like, I'm like, Zach Krager, what, what do you mean when you say you weren't trying to make a big statement or be political? You literally are tackling so many social justice issues in this movie. So for him to be just like, oh no, like I didn't, I didn't want it to be like super deep. And it's like, bro, what? Come on. Like you even have a black cop not listening to a woman of color, which is a whole nother like subset of like issues that like happen in like, you know, the, the police system. But like, it's, that that is such a like such an interesting thing that like we're handling like you know we're handling racism we're handling handling women's issues we're handling systemic like racism and issues there like it, it's really tackling a lot and it feels quite exhausting and for her to like go through this this um process of like the cops not listening to her and like from the beginning it's just terrible to watch because she puts her hands on the on the window and he's like ma'am remove your hands yeah it's like, like is he disrespectful to her because she's a woman or because she looks poor or both because of course she's she's or covered because, in yeah or because she's a woman of color right. as well like she's got there's so many things working against her so you're just like okay but then you know and then like they go back to the house and then they end up leaving and i'm like this feels like unnecessary extra time in this movie if you weren't if you're like not trying to layer on a bunch of like a bunch of things so that felt like weird to me especially because it's like okay Tess instead of you know going back in the house like I know she, well she went to get her keys so she had to get her keys so it's like drive away go somewhere shower find a different police station and let them handle AJ you've never met this man why why are what you are going police back? station? I don't think that's like, exactly how it works. There's jurisdictions. No, no, no. You drive fucking far. Like, I who cares about AJ? And this is where this is where Joel said people would disagree with me. I'm like, fuck that guy. Fuck him. He can die. I am safe now. I did my part. I tried. I tried. The cops didn't listen to me. So now I'm gonna drive my ass home or fly, whatever, shower, and then send somebody back there from, you know, a a police system that maybe will listen to me like and that's going to be that mm. um and i i like at some point like you've got that aj situation like he's going to be missing it's his property like someone's going to check it he's out a, he's at, at least some, some sort of a a through d list celebrity you know yeah and he's also a white man so like someone's going to go looking for him so that that whole like piece of Tessa's decision making of like you know whether you go back you know to your home or go somewhere else I don't care just don't go back into the Barbary house don't I do know. it and you know really poor Justin me. Long in the meantime of course finds Frank right and I like that he just immediately oh. is like oh we're gonna get out of this together I'll help you and it's like what yeah. what of any of that makes you think what do you think is the situation yeah, here i know yeah he lives here it's so bad that just all the tapes the the names of the tapes are mm. just super disturbing 
And, and this is like another like interesting thing with like, and that's why like the, the cop bit and like all of, all of that that's thrown in. I'm just like, this is a long movie already. Like I, and it's layered. It's so well layered, like throwing in like extra things felt like a lot to me, but, um, when Justin Long's reaction to Frank's like tapes and him being like, you're fucking disgusting. Like, like, what is he, he says, like, you're going to go to jail yeah. or something, or I'm going to have caught or, or, you know, he says something, something he's, he's absolutely disgusted. He has no idea that he is like within the same spectrum as this man. Like, yes, two totally different types of crimes, but like it, there's, there's a spectrum of like the abuse and sexual assault and rape and all of those Again, things. It, and he doesn't even realize that he lands it. escalates it. Like, from, you know, Marcus to, for Marcus, Marcus to Keith, to AJ, to Marcus. this, to Frank. And it just shows like, but, I don't know, like it all, it all starts somewhere. I don't know. Now, granted, I'm oh, not yeah. saying that every guy but, that says Milady is going to, you know, milady. keep, keep a fucking sex milady. dungeon. <laughs> like, I get it. Yes, exactly. Um, or at least like a non-consensual sex dungeon. But yeah, it's yeah. No, I, I yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I absolutely agree <laughs> with a lot of what you're saying. Yeah, I just, I love it. Like, I, I love him. Not even, you know. And Frank because this is a fictional character but yeah frank is like peace out like a, like a coward like, i'm i'm out of here yeah like if i well i mean like what is his other option is to like go to prison yeah. die in prison like he's he did what he had to do i guess yeah oh my gosh <laughs> so we we jumped around a lot and we already got to you know mm -hmm. them trying to escape you know of course she comes back you know, for AJ, um, she manages to smash, you know, the monster lady with her car. Pretty good, you know. Still manages mm -hmm. to get away. Not good Not enough. Not good enough. Um, yeah. And then they make it to the water tower. Yeah. You know, they meet the guy that's living there. Of course, you know, he does his, you know, oh, in 10 years, I've never seen this and this and this and this and this and this. And I was like, damn, dude, you're yeah. about to be like, a good guy through and through in the end i mean granted i love when she breaks through the wall like mid-sentence he doesn't even finish the it's sentence so <laughs> it's, and it's then just like they don't they don't show it all the way i'm sure you know budget reads yeah she rips off his arm and just beats him to death with it mm -hmm. which is pretty good. good takes some really good strength so no wonder she survived the car and jumping off the water tower and all of that um yeah at that point it's like a suspend you know what what is it suspend your disbelief yeah. like she's she's doing things that just wouldn't you know wouldn't happen um, surviving that fall even though but she's she's pretty beat to Tess shit goes, by the end there is no way that she like that she would be able to be just like walking around i she gets shot manages to climb up those stairs in the first place then gets like pushed off of that water tower it, I would have been happier had Tess not made it after all of that if she didn't get that busted up then it's like great survive but like maybe I just I feel like that was just way too much like maybe don't shoot her and just have him push her off the roof I don't know like it just it felt like way too much it was feeling like scream whatever scream five and six where everybody's just getting stabbed 30 times and you're just like oh they're yeah, good, they'll, they'll be fine 
He's gonna run out of the hospital. Yeah, don't even worry about it. I um. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And I mean, even even yeah, just towards that end again. Yeah, like we were saying earlier, he's still. <laughs> it was like, nope. I am just pure self survival, and I am gonna yeah, just throw that lady off the fucking water tower. I don't even fucking care. And but then yeah, again at the end of the same breath, just be like. I was trying to save you. Actually, I was trying to buy his time. Actually, he fell, you know, kind of like what you're saying earlier. Yeah. And it's, yeah. uh, and then, so that's why I'm just like, you know, that's a pretty good fitting end is she just gets up and just fucking, just again, a good skull crush, a different type of skull crush. Mm. Give me some variety. I love it. Hot through the eyeballs. Love it. Um, and just until she just mashes his skull in, which was pretty great. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Um, gosh can you believe he had that coming can you believe that you know if you're just like oh jesus i read this like people magazine story this dude's being like a fucking weirdo and then the next thing is like no we found his head, brains mashed all over the place in some random spot yeah, in detroit no idea what next to, to the him. body of this giant monster <laughs> because they're both just there in the street so like they're gonna find all yeah this that's true so it's only her that walks away and did you did you feel kind of bad for the for the monster woman when when Tess has to no. shoot her? No. You know what? Okay, hear me out on this. I actually feel really bad for her. She's a victim she too. Is. Like she is. Like and in the worst possible way. Like she's a total monster because like there's nothing else for her to be. Like I like I felt bad for her and like and she's genuinely like cares about Tess like she doesn't realize that she's terrifying and you know like hurting her seemingly so so she's like you know trying to get her to go back and like it's not it you know Tess shoots her in the face which I totally would have done too I wouldn't have had the same sympathy had I been in that situation but like that that monster woman is also you know Oof, not a good situation and presumably she's been taking care of that old man this whole time because he has a little yeah. bell i to ring i appreciate you bringing that up yeah because yeah she is a victim 100 percent. yeah like she didn't choose that life that's she terrible. is the third Ugh. most monstrous person in this movie probably right between frank and aj yeah 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 mm. yeah and like, you know, not by her own, her own creation, but you know, it's, yeah. It like, I think, I think that's one of the things that, um, that got me the most on the second mm. watch was that I didn't feel bad for her the first watch. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, damn, that, that sucks. That does suck. Like that. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty shitty. Um, but yeah, Tess, Tess makes it out, which is shocking. Um, it would have been too much of a downer if she didn't make it. I get I think it. She's a, I think um, she's a great final girl. I think she's fine. She's adequate. Mm. Um, I really like the actress, Let's so see. I'll say that. I think Tess makes a lot of decisions that I would not have made. Um, again, maybe I'm not the most sympathetic, empathetic person. Or maybe it's easier for me to say that I would leave that person behind if I, you know, was in that situation um, not having been in that situation, but if that was a man that I just met and I knew there was a monster in that house, I feel like there's a 95% chance I would not fucking go back, but I just, I can't see no, it. No, no, no. 
it's I just like in one breath you're like I just I'm down to clown with this man and then it's <laughs> you know yes he's not a, a six foot monster woman yeah, that's true too like that's a that's a completely different situation. oh I'm just thinking about and he had earned her trust by that Did point he? um she was she was right she was like smiling at the note looking at the picture of his id all cute before the interview she was into it she was into it like so tess and i would have made that same mistake yeah well that that would have been the common there you go the common denominator there and plenty of other there's one thing we would have done the same yeah any uh Well, I think, you know, we did a roundabout way, but we we landed at the end. We landed this plane. I can narratively figure this out. Um, we did. I think we only skipped ahead once. Anything else you want to touch base on before we hop into some boo scores? Yes, two things. Sure. One, only one tagline for this movie. I'm assuming that they chose this so that people wouldn't really know what was going on. Come for the night. Stay forever. Pretty, pretty nondescript. I think they were trying to really keep things under wraps so that you had that uh, that element of surprise because it has quite a lot of twists and turns. And then I think my other thing that I, I'd be curious about, always, always going to encourage listeners to give their two cents. I'm curious to hear how much of a minority I am in thinking that Bill Skarsgård is was not that bad like I, i'm really curious to know who is who is team kyle and who is team natalie on and i think we agree on a lot of things i'm not saying he's a perfect guy i i think there's a lot wrong there but i don't view him as being as menacing as i think he was intended to be mm-hmm. and also justice for marcus maybe i know <laughs> I, I came marcus. in real hot about marcus you did come in hot on marcus like we have no idea what that situation is but um he doesn't but he never calls again so he must have you know days weeks went or however long she was under there went by and i guess he didn't care that much so who knows well i mean we don't know that maybe he called the phone was upstairs i guess so yeah he could have yeah he was like damn she's really good at ghosting um you want me to go first with my boo or would you like to Mm, I'll go first. I feel like you've gone first the last couple of times. I always make you go first because I want to hear what you're going to say. Go for it. Okay. I thought a lot about this. I really, really genuinely enjoy this movie. The only thing that I give it bad marks on is watching it this third time because I didn't have any element of surprise. I was like, watching it the first time is really an experience. And in the first view, five boos, absolutely 100%. I think it's a, so fun to watch, five boos. But because you only really have the rewatchability effect, if you bring a new person into the mix and watch their reaction and try to find people to watch horror movies with me is so hard. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna land at four boos. I'm going to give it four solid boos, which is high praise. We were coming into this movie thinking, ah, this will be a good one. This is something we're going to disagree on. Um, well, we did. We disagreed on the nuances of things, but I think we both have, have a similar thought. I'm like, it's a great yeah, movie. I would recommend this to anyone who likes it. I horror. land on four boos too. It's great. And nice. I do, I do think that it wobbles 
definitely a lot in the last 20 minutes. I think it's hard because then I guess yeah. you think of and it's, it's it's hard. I go back and forth on on this just because I feel like a lot of horror movies fumble at the end and it's so many of them, none do. Of them can hit that landing but i think this one just here for some of the shock of it too and just again a good a good mm-hmm. last minute head crush love it um hmm. yeah well and with this with this movie too i think that's the other thing to be said like if you go into a movie and it's fine and you're enjoying it and having fun, but there's a lot of things wrong with it. And then the third act is fine as well. You're like, great, like it's up. But when you start at like a 10, where is there to go? Like, that's why I think this movie is is hard for me because the beginning is so, so good that it could really only go down in that, like yeah. that end. So, and and even then, like, that being said, I still think when you're watching it for the first time and you have no idea what's going to happen, it is a wild ride. Absolutely. It's all great. Yeah. Like when Justin Long pushes her off of that fucking water tower, the gasp, like it is, it is unreal. So yeah, that's great. We both agreed. Four booze. I give it four booze. I, um, again, I don't like, I don't know. I just, I just, this movie made me think a lot about being a guy watching this movie. Yeah, and it should. Now, I am not. I'm not in Justin Long's position, nor am I in Frank's position. But then, it, but it does give me the, it does give me the opportunity to think a little bit about like, okay, well, where can I be like less creepy and less weird and more just I, you know, well, I mean, okay, like I can be fun, creepy, and weird. You know, but just not menacing and, you know, creepy and weird. I don't know. But just the movie makes me just... Yeah, like like creepy creepy and weird in, like, the spooky way, not in the, like, I'm a man and I might harm you way. Now, there was... We're recording this in the year 2023. Um, there was another movie um, that talked a lot about women and men interacting as well you know and talking about you know a little bit intro to feminism as well as uh, i don't even want to downplay barbie like that but i'm talking about barbie it's like you have oh, I talking seen a lot about some really important stuff about feminism and i think some people can critique it being like oh it's just you know it's just intro to feminism but i'm like oh, i don't know i think that's really important stuff for a lot of people still to watch some people need yeah intro. and that's okay like there's no need for us to shame ourselves and you know but and, and it, it says a lot about um you know men and the idea of you know men also being victims of the patriarchy in a lot of ways too yeah. and i'm here i am thinking let's you know fucking barbenheimer that's out that's old news don't need it barbarian is really what <laughs> is what's in right now and and here's my proposal and i really think we should figure out some sort of a a government subsidized way to do this but i really think that if you sit down and you show your receipts that you watched both barbie and barbarian and wrote let's just say three to five pages just about what you've learned i think that should count as a, a a college credit for intro to women's studies (laughs) <laughs> yeah i 
I, I would agree with that. I think what a good um, way to get people in. I actually think people need to understand that sometimes messages don't come through unless they are entertaining. Like there, there are, there have been women marching for decades, but there will still be men who watch Barbie or Barbarian and are like, oh, I get it now. Like y'all should have been listening the whole fucking time, but like do it any way you can. 101, get deep with it, take a college course, read a book, go march, whatever it takes, just do that. Whatever your style of learning is, great. Like, I, I think that's fantastic. I do, I still need to watch Barbie. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for it to be like streaming for free. I'm not, I'm not the girl to go wear pink at the theater. I actually thought about dressing up like full goth and going to see it. I thought that would be kind of fun. But um, yeah, this uh this is a fun movie. I actually think Zach Kreger did a really great job writing like tests as well. I don't know how much how how much help there was in the room if women were involved in in writing the screenplay or how much the actress had to say about her character, but I I think the way that she looks at things, the way she questions things, the way that she's observing things is all very mm -hmm. real. Um and I think there are many ways that people that men could be better and um don't even realize like for instance if it's nighttime and you're on the same side of the street as a woman and you're approaching each other like from opposite directions let's cross the street cross the street it will make her night so much easier yeah. like the amount of stress that you have when a silhouette of a man is approaching you in the dark even if you're in the safest of neighborhoods like just cross the street things like that you know, and, and it doesn't mean you're a bad man if you don't cross the street. You know, you have every every right to walk on that side of the street as well. But um, she's going to feel a lot better if it's just easy for you to to cross the street. Um, you know, little things like that. And I wouldn't consider that chivalry. I would consider that just realizing your presence in a certain situation, no matter what an amazing guy you are. And, you know, you have a wife, maybe you're a father, maybe you're, you know, the world's most awesome son, but she didn't fucking maybe know he's, that. Maybe he's the father of a daughter. Come on. Yes, Come exactly. on. Maybe yeah, he's like, got some perspective now. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very fun movie. Highly recommend. I'm talking about it. I always think um, movies that we, movies that we really like sometimes I'm always worried that it's harder to talk about those, but gosh, you know, I've, I've just as fun talking about the movies we love. And honestly, we've loved all of these movies. Yeah. We've only picked movies that we've loved and I know we haven't made it to new releases yet, but um, y'all just need to be patient and uh, let us, you know, let us talk about the movies that we love and why, and then maybe we'll, we'll get to some new releases, but I mean, who, really wants to listen to us shit on a movie for two hours like would you really want us to like sit and talk about the nun too and how i haven't even seen it but i'm assuming i'm not gonna like it because i didn't like the first one but like would you really want us to just like talk about movies we don't like if you want to hear us talk about movies we don't like let us know mm. i was um we, we can talk about movies we don't I like i was uh 35 years old 
it's earlier this year, I'm 36 now, but it's 35 years old when I learned that um, a habit is what a nurse wears. So Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, is like the fucking strongest title for a movie I've ever heard in my life. That's so good. You know, you know that we were, we were on, we were, were we watching The Nun? together maybe did i figure this out before i love it we might yeah because because we were talking we were talking on the headset and you were like discovering it in real time because i said something about like the it being a habit and you were like wait yeah just slowly putting the pieces together and then realized how amazing that title of sister act two back in the habit is like that's a Whoever, whoever came up with that deserves some sort of Nobel oh, I just, Prize. I just dropped the mic and walked out of the room. Or they did, I don't know. Yeah, but, back in the habit. Man, just done. <laughs> you know, even, no one's, no one's going to, yeah, you're going to have so much goodwill just coming into that movie, just knowing. And and yeah. honestly, both those movies were good. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm, I'm glad that you learned that. And I'm glad I got to listen to it in real time because that was um really yeah. special and then right now as i forgot that you were there when i realized this and now i'm telling you the story <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember you're like you're like yeah you dude know. i was there <laughs> i know you're you're an idiot everyone's gonna just be like i feel like i'm just listening to my grandparents have a conversation about just lack of I memory know. well oh. gosh i think that about does it for barbarian i think I, we did it i think we, we were very it. thorough um gosh <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. What a lot of fun. Really appreciate everybody as always. Yeah. Always bad at wrapping thing, mm. things up. You know, parting is, you know, sorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet sorrow. Yeah. I mean, we we appreciate we appreciate everyone who's who's listening for sure. So go ahead, cancel those Airbnb bookings. Go to go <laughs> to a hotel. Take care of yourself. Find yourself a nice Marriott. Yeah, find yourself, yeah, just like a nice Marriott. Find something that's got not only, you know, that has both the locking mechanisms where you can like, you know, close it mm -hmm. and then you can turn it. And then you can do the thing where you pull, I don't know what that lock's called, but don't worry. Get a deadbolt, get a deadbolt and the little latch thing. And you know what? We said that we didn't need an endorsement from Airbnb, but you know what? Marriott, Hilton. We'll take a hotel endorsement. Like we we can we can represent there. We don't want people camping. So hotels. Yeah, yeah no, and bring your own deadbolts and hammer in them yourself. <laughs> just take care of yourself. <laughs> well, now we just lost the endorsement. Hunker down. Don't answer the door. Just hide under that bed and just yeah, just don't move. <laughs> and uh yeah, take care of yourselves, everybody. Three, two, one, ghost. Thanks for listening to our episode on Barbarian. If you're enjoying our podcast and want more Natalie and Kyle, you can give us a follow on Instagram at 321GhostPod. We would also appreciate if you left us a killer review on whichever platform you're listening. Gestures like these will help us grow our podcast and maybe land us our dream hotel endorsement. You can send us an email at 321GhostPod at gmail.com to share any comments, concerns, or recommend a movie you'd like to hear us chat about. We'd also love to hear your thoughts on the movies we've covered. Join us next week when we discuss Drag Me to Hell and continue to sing Justin Long's praises. Thank you again for listening, and 
I sure hope Tess got that refund. Three, two, one.